20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. What's happening, everybody? Matt here, but you can call me Matub, and welcome to the Pack a Day Podcast, your favorite place to get daily. Why did I say favorite like that? Your favorite, favorite, place, favorite place to get daily Packers news and updates featuring myself. My name is Matt, but you can call me Matub, as I said, and with me, as always, is the handsome, insatiable Zach Jacobson. I'm blushing. I'm blushing right now, Matub. Thank you. Uh, yes, I am here. We are both here. It is Sunday morning. Well, as people are listening to this, we're recording. Obviously, it's Saturday evening, but there's Packers football today. Meaningful Packers football tonight. I don't even know. Okay, so what are what are you wearing? So let's pretend it's tomorrow for us, and it's today for the listeners. What are you wearing today? Like at this moment, like I'm getting out of bed, or no? Like like like, like today's the game. <laughs> what's what's your game day apparel? Well, damn. Well, since I'm not, you know, I'm not in the Wisconsin area, and I'm not going to Lambeau Field or anything. I'm going. I'm actually going to the bar with a few coworkers during the day. So I mean, I'm just gonna wear like a like a red shirt and pants. So I mean, well, a red a red polo shirt actually. Are you Jake from State Farm? Well, she, <laughs> well, she's a guy. So, so okay. So like, I have a <laughs> I have a collection of jerseys, right? I've, right? I've I've quite a few jerseys. I my only superstition is I do not buy jerseys of current players. It's like my number one, but it's going to be pretty hot. Um, it's going to be in the in the mid eighties. So I'm between mm. wearing a jersey or my Eddie Lacy um, Under Armour jersey. What's uh, what's what player jersey is it going to be? So uh, and I'm torn between that. The two that I'm thinking <laughs> of is one would be James Jones in honor of Aaron Rodgers' extension, mm-hmm. or I have a, a Gilbert Brown jersey in honor of Reggie Gilbert. Wearing the same number and having a similar name, I would wear. I would wear the Gilbert Brown one just because I mean it's the you know the hundred season celebration and he was a significant part of you know the the nineties kind of revolt in Green Bay. I mean, not not to discredit James Jones or anything, but I mean you know you got you got to celebrate in style and the Grave Digger is a perfect way to do that. So I would. That's my opinion. I would go with Gilbert Brown easily. Okay. Well, I mean, and I also have a Reggie White and an Antonio Freeman. Um, well, you didn't mention that, Jesus! Man. I know. I'm just. I'm telling you the ones that I was <laughs> deciding between. But if you think that I should go with like with like a staple, I'm trying to come out of kind of left field. Like I have a KGB jersey that I like to wear a lot. Ooh, yeah. Because people are like Jabaja. What? If, if they don't know who Kabir Jabaja Biamila is, <laughs> then you need to you need to kick them square in the face. I know. If you if you can reach that high, I don't you know, know if you and can. By the way, prior to Clay Matthews breaking the Packers sack record, what people don't realize is that KGB actually held it. It was him, yeah. He was at the top of that list. And they're like, well, but Reggie White. And it's like, well, Reggie White came to Green Bay when he was in his 30s. Like, he didn't, he wasn't a spring chicken as a Packer. Yeah, no, he, he, had, a, he had a nice stint in Philadelphia before that. He enjoyed a lot of success there. And know? prior I think to I'm, that... Uh, he played professional football as well. Um, I believe it was for the was it the New Jersey Generals. So he played in the USFL um, <laughs> prior to it getting uh, destroyed. Which, if you haven't seen the Thirty for Thirty, Small Potatoes, uh, Life and Death of the USFL, highly, highly, highly recommend it. You hear that, listeners? Recommendation right there. 
So, you get nice Reggie White facts and film recommendations. So uh, he played for the Memphis Showboats. Um, in 1984, he was drafted to the Memphis Showboats. Uh, Memphis Showboats. And he played for two seasons, um, which for them was 36 games um, before he went on to Philly. So when he went to Philly, he actually had two years of professional football experience. So his quote-unquote rookie year, when he had 13 sacks, he was a full-grown man playing against other professionals, not just a fresh-out-of-college kid. So you're, what you're saying is Reggie White was a phony. I'm not saying Reggie White was a phony. <laughs> so uh, you're saying Reggie White was a phony. I mean, if we're going to say that, then we could also say that Steve Young was a phony because he came from the USFL, and Jim Kelly was a phony because he came from the USFL. I'm telling you, man, dude, I love the USFL. To me, that is – especially because I, I am <laughs> I am from Michigan, and it's the only time that a Michigan professional football team has ever won a championship. Go Panthers. Uh, and uh, <laughs> the uh, Michigan Panthers, led by quarterback Bobby Bear, won the USFL championship in its inaugural, se- inaugural season. You're just you're just spitting things out today, aren't you? I'm full of facts, of... man. Like like I, I like I always say, I can't remember my next door neighbor's name. But like if you want, but, some... but you but you remember that these guys came out of the, the USFL. <laughs> this yeah, guy exactly. and this guy and that guy. I mean, also Bobby Bear, If you are a Seinfeld fan, was uh, I think it was George Costanza who in one episode complains about how he says his name because it's spelt Herbert, it's spelt Bobby Herbert. But it's mm-hmm. pronounced a bear, you know, because it's French. But like, who cares about French quarterbacks with weird last name pronunciations, right? <laughs> you get it? Do you get I, it? I I think I do. do you you're it? referencing. You're referencing somebody. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Brett Favor. Yeah, I, I had a feeling. <laughs> I had a feeling this far. Okay, so moving on. As of today, but b- uh, before I move on. Okay, fine. And before I look like a giant square, I just want to say that the only reason I'm not wearing my jersey to the bar is because we're we're there for like the the middle of the day games, and I'm only going to be there for a couple hours. So fair enough. Just so our listeners don't think I'm some square that doesn't wear his jersey. Can you doesn't can you, rep, rep his team? Can you wear like a hat or a pin or something? I'll wear. I'll makeshift like a little pin that says "Hi, I'm a Packers fan," <laughs> and I'll just I'll wear it like please right right on my please, chest. Like, get one of those like "Hi, my name is." Name tags and be like, "Hi, my name is Packer fan." <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so um, you and Andy were talking on Twitter about finally setting up your Madden challenge. Talking, you know, more like just Andy running his mouth. True, fair enough. He said that he's finally ready, and, and <laughs> so you have you practiced at all? Like, have you managed to play? Matab, when you get to my level of expertise, you realize you don't need to practice. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I've been I've been practicing a little bit. <laughs> so speaking of, <laughs> we mentioned when I first uh, started talking about Madden on the podcast that I was a, I'm kind of a I, I could destroy rookie right like fifty to nothing, and then mm-hmm. I could consistently beat pro, but it, but I, it was a struggle. I have been playing a lot of mutt and doing a lot of solo challenges, and it forces you to play against higher. Uh, levels of competition and i can now consistently beat all pro in a full game and i have even taken on some all madden Uh. um i've like my problem with all madden is i'm terrible at defense like i can call the perfect defense to counter something and 
for some reason they still get away from it. So I'm working on finding my turbo blitzes. Actually, um, fun fact, I have discovered one turbo blitz so far in the Packers playbook. Do you if, remember what what it was? Yeah, it's called it's called mid blitz. It's under um, if you go to concept man blitz, and then you hit down eight times. It should be the top uh, play. It's called mid blitz. It is a four three alignment where it puts your two middle linebackers um, on the line. If you shift your defense to the right, your right middle linebacker will take a step back, and then your uh, right defensive tackle will will end up against a guard, and your middle linebacker comes in unblocked. I think I actually know what player you're talking about. I, I call that a lot, actually. So if if it's I don't I don't I don't I don't do the pre-play motions that you do, but I I know what player you're talking about. And so um, I will I will say that if you run that against a run play, you don't have to run commit. The middle linebacker will take him out. And if you run it against a pass play and you use her the middle linebacker, if you take on the guard your uh, right edge comes in unblocked. So if your right edge is faster than your middle linebacker, I would suggest running it. You sound like you're you're ready to consistently play on all Madden. Like I'm 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 consistently playing on all pro and I'm I'm looking forward to moving up to all Madden. Maybe by next week I'll be like, yeah all Madden's a joke. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> You'll be bored of the game by next week because you're just you just got tired of, of beating everybody. But it's funny is if we consider Madden real life, which a lot of people do um, mm-hmm. I've been playing franchise mode, and the Packers wide receivers in franchise mode are garbage. <laughs> Don't even get me started. It's like Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb and everybody else. No, it's Devontae and everybody else. Cobb uh, drops anything he's, on first contact. like the contact, low 80s. Which it's, it's crazy because Cobb is your your slot receiver based on alignment, but he can't catch anything over the middle because he drops everything at first contact. And then the, the rookies are way slower than they actually are because they're rookies and their release is terrible. Like, like I was playing with MVS on the outside and his, like when you do the matchup against the corner, his release was like minus 19. <laughs> like, so he just yes. gets shut down at the line. Like, ugh. I've actually had, I've had some good experiences with Jamon Moore actually. I'll have to Surprisingly. Yeah. Which is like the opposite of, you know, everything that we've seen in real life. Just like, that's how you know it's a video game. So I uh, created a quarterback for the Packers. His name is Matt Matub. He's oh, Jesus he's Christ. five foot nine, one hundred and ninety eight pounds, and he's got all ninety nines on every stat. Um, <laughs> so fun, only there was a, if only there was a category for meaning. Fun fact: It is really hard to play quarterback when you're five foot nine. <laughs> like, well, isn't uh, how, how tall is Drew Brees? Drew Brees, is, so Drew Brees claims that he's six even, and um, I've heard through the grapevine that he's probably five ten. But he yeah, play, he, he he plays on his toes. Like if if you watch Drew Ble- Drew Brees, when people yeah, talk he, about Rodgers having happy feet, holy crap! Drew Brees, his heel never touches the ground. No, yeah, he's always on his toes. That's how I imitate him. Actually, whenever I make fun of Drew Brees, which you know is often because I love Drew Brees, but you just gotta kind of like prance around on your toes. <laughs> Just bet like repeatedly. Never, never settle. Don't stop moving them. So we're ten minutes into the banter, and we haven't even mentioned this week's opponent. <laughs> so oh, what the, the hell is wrong with us? We've been talking about Madden and, and old jerseys and the USFL. Fair God. enough. Fair enough. But that's people when they listen to the Sunday show understand 
that this is how it works, that they come here for the hashtag banter. Hashtag banter. <laughs> right. I mean, you and I, we, we, we banter like nobody's business. But let's move on to the Green Bay Packers opponent for week one, the Chicago Bears. We can hashtag banter about the Chicago Bears. The Bears. So Zach and I are both looking over the Bears offseason right now. We've got their their uh, transaction list going and starting off January one, they fired John Fox, which is probably the best move they made all off season, including yeah, that, including the Khalil Mack trade. That led to everything else good that they did because they did have one of the best off off seasons of like any team in football this year. Correct, and, and it does it does kind of hurt to admit that, but you can't you know you gotta give the credit where it's due. It all started with John Fox and putting his ass on the street. So in March, they put the transition tag on Kyle Fuller which then led to the Packers offering Kyle a contract and the Bears matching. What, what Do you think that that's a win for the Bears? you think it's a loss for the Packers? I think it's kind of neutral, actually. Because, I mean, on one hand, you force you force the Bears to spend, what, $15 million on him to, keep, to, to retain him. Right. But at the same time, you know, if you're the Packers, we don't know what their intentions are. You know, we didn't know if... If they really wanted Kyle Fuller, you know, because that was obviously before they drafted Jari Alexander and Josh Jackson and, and signed Tremont Williams again. That was before they had this stout group of cornerbacks that they have right now. So did they really want Kyle Fuller? Because if they did and the Bears kind of snatched him back to Chicago, then that kind of makes the Packers look a little stupid. So, so that's like... Here's your my hot take. I uh-huh. think whether or not they got Kyle Fuller affected their draft strategy. I think they did want Kyle Fuller, but they were okay not getting him because there were two DBs that they were happy going after in the draft. You I, think at that at that point, though, they had their draft strategy absolutely. already mapped out? Absolutely. I think anyone who has ever studied under Ted Thompson has their draft strategy three years in advance. That's fair. And so I think had they gotten Kyle Fuller, they might have actually taken a pass rusher in the first, but um, had well, they not... Not getting Kyle Fuller, I think that they were ready to go after. Uh, what's his face that the Browns took early, early, early? Um, Ward, Denzel Ward. Denzel Ward, yeah, the corner. Who's, he's hurt now, right? Uh, probably something minor. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he he is actually. I think he missed a couple preseason games. Uh, yeah, I, I heard that. But he, um, I guess he played against Antonio Brown in there when, or he's going to play against Antonio Brown. Oh, that's bad. Well, I mean, here, here's here's what I'm saying about. You know, having the draft strategy mapped out beforehand. If you're Ted Thompson or anybody that works under him, like Brian Gutekunst did for so long, I think the difference is you you kind of you get like a list of guys that you're obviously keeping an eye on. And I think you know for the Packers, it was probably Jari Alexander and Josh Jackson. But I don't think their their intentions to trade around in the draft at that point. I don't think that was the plan at that oh, point. Oh, oh yeah, and that's I'm not I'm not necessarily saying that they were going to do the the hustle and flow that they did on draft day. What yeah, I'm saying just, is that's really specific. It, what I'm saying is they did. They're like, okay, we're going to go after Kyle Fuller, and if we don't get Kyle Fuller, we've got these two or three DBs that we're happy with in the first round, and we've got a hype. And so, like, if they did get Kyle Fuller, maybe they get. Harold Landry or something. Right. So, moving on with, with how the Bears did. And honestly, actually, I guess one thing to touch on, I think Kyle Fuller is a $15 million corner. Um, I But I don't think that... I don't think the Bears overpaid for him, but um, with Rodgers' contract looming, maybe I think I would have been a little more worried had the Packers gotten Fuller for that month. Yeah, I, I, I can understand that. 
At the same time, I think the whole the whole salary cap aspect of it, I think that's kind of blown out of proportion because they get like these these professional football teams. Like the salary cap is a myth to these guys. Like there's so many ways to manage the cap and structure contracts a certain way so you're not financially handicapped going into the next few years. You know, then that's that's one of the big reasons why the Rogers deal was so like like team friendly. You know, because his cap hit wasn't extravagant. You know, it's not going to be anything crazy next year. It only raises by six million. So you know. It, it, like even if they went after Khalil Mack, you know that wouldn't have strapped them cash wise. So I don't know. That's my main point: is a salary cap is non-existent. There's no such thing. It's like when you go into a Madden franchise and you turn the salary cap off. It's kind of, it's kind of like that. So um, oddly enough, not listed on ESPN's transaction wire is Allen Robinson, which is weird because Allen Robinson signed with the Bears in March, right or, right around the time they put the transition tag on Fuller. So mm-hmm. Allen Robinson. I have been on the record as saying I would have loved to have had Allen Robinson, but in my opinion, he is the archetype of Devontae Adams, and you don't necessarily need two of that receiver. He uh, he went he went down a week one last year, didn't he? Yeah, he had one reception for 17 yards and then got hurt. Ugh. So we don't know if, if he's... I mean, it took Jordy like four weeks into the season to recover from his like when he was when he 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 got hurt in the preseason sits the season out but then he was like rusty for like three four weeks oh yeah going into that that 2016 season for sure i mean it it was kind of obvious you know these guys that tear their acls or suffer any kind of like significant uh injury like that they go they go into each season they're not it's it's just hard like making like a cut you know there's always that that kind of like that brief hesitance in your mind you know it's it's there's the physical aspect of getting over an injury like that and then there's the whole mental aspect of it and just getting back to tip-top form i mean he wasn't he wasn't that bad during the first part of that season i mean he, he caught like what five touchdowns to the first four games yeah so you know he, he's that, that was just in the red zone though that's like a whole other ball game he's just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jordy, Jordy came back from his acl basically being anquan bolden yeah. actually oh i've if you if you search my twitter at with Jordy and anquan in the same sense i've actually said that like a dozen times that like uh I believe I said it was it was Cardinals. Anquan Bolden was what Jordy was for the Packers post ACL. I'm gonna do it right now. Like, it's it's it's, uh, it's quite a bit. Um, and so I would have loved for the Packers to get to get Allen Robinson, but like I said, I just for forty two million dollars, I don't think that having a second Devontae Adams is is worth it. Because I'm I love our one Devontae Adams, and I want him to be the one and only and strive for huh sorry i was counting your your how many <laughs> times have I, how many times have i said it nine okay so i have on you're, you're close i'm close on nine separate occasions claimed that jordy nelson was actually ang- yeah okay and back to your back to your Devonte allen robinson yeah i don't think you can have too many Devonte adams but adams is <laughs> adam adams is is uh, but at the same time, you know, h- how would that work, you know, like schematically? You know, you got two big targets like that, two guys who probably want the ball and probably... Right, and you've got I, I, you've got guys that their archetype is precision route runner with, with uh, good body control, which is right. great. But neither of them are true burners. They're not going to leave a corner in the dust on a nine, which the Packers have sorely needed ever since Jordy's ACL. Especially on Robinson coming back from an ACL, yeah, he's definitely, not, definitely exactly. not gonna do that. So it might sound like we're just rocking the spin zone on this, but I think that there are reasons that the Packers didn't go ham 
for Robinson, and we're just trying to be voices of. Yeah, we're completely impartial here. We're not biased here. No, we're incredibly the, the, biased. The, 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 the right, Shut up! I'm trying to sell us. <laughs> so, um, another thing that the Bears did is they got Vic Fangio to be their defensive coordinator. That was huge. That like was... next next to firing John Fox, getting him back, like that was huge for their defense going forward the next few years. So, and Packer, Packer fans wanted him too. Packer fans wanted him, and there was like one report of a possible interview with Vic Fangio and the Packers, and then all of a sudden he was a Bear. Um, so people are calling that a win for the Bears. We don't really have any details on if it was truly like stolen away. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know if you can really call it stolen away because he didn't even interview. You know, the Packers didn't really... I guess take that next step to 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 initiate extensive talks. You know, the Bears the Bears really reached out to him, and he obviously has that familiarity with the Bears, and he has that he has that young defense that he probably wants to build around and continue trying to find success with. So, you know, that was probably an easy pick for him. So, I mean, we can talk about Vic Fangio being just a, a massive improvement, but what people don't realize about Mike Pettin is because he has the Browns stink on him. Anyone who coaches the Browns automatically gets gets. It's like the Madden, right? Yeah. Like it doesn't matter how good you were before. So, so talking about Mike Patton in terms of DVOA, which I, I love DVOA. It's it's Football Outsiders, um, kind of their catch-all stat. Mm-hmm. It's uh, defense-adjusted value over average. It's it's sort of like a wins above replacement, but for just your value. Mike Patton is a defensive coordinator. In 2009, 2010, 11, 12, and 13 was 1, 5, 2, 9, and 4. And he went to the AFC Championship game with Butt Fumble Sanchez as his quarterback in that stretch. Twice. Twice. I think in back, back-to-back years. And also, the 2013 Buffalo Bills weren't a powerhouse, um, but they were fourth overall DVOA. Um and also, I believe when he was head coach for the Browns, they were top ten. I think they were they were eight or nine, but I don't have that in front of me right. But they they went three and thirteen, which is more wins than they've gotten in the last two years. And even then, that's like as a head coach, you know, not not like solely as a as a defensive coordinator. I think when he has when he has his role limited to just specifically a defensive coordinator, then then the success just comes, and he he can work with what he has there, as opposed to being a head coach, especially of the Browns. Um, you kind of have to gather everything you have. You know, you're focused on your game plans, offensively, defensively, special teams. You're focused on every phase of the game. You know, as opposed to his role right now in Green Bay. You know, he's going to be able to kind of just focus on that specific facet of the game, right? Like he was in Buffalo, in New York. So I guess I just I think that I think that Petten is kind of the answer that the Packers need at defensive coordinator in that he implements a lot of the same things that Capers used to, but in a in a much fresher and less complicated fashion. Okay, Andy Benoit. But I, <laughs> okay, so Andy ben, ben, Benoit, Benoit, I always say Benoit. Um, so do I. I, that was, I was talking to somebody about that last night, uh, Seth Tupal. I was talking to him, because I, I, I'm so used to saying Andy Benoit. Every person with that last name, I think Benoit. Ben Noit? Yeah, what? I know. It's kind of like um, in 30 Rock when Alec Baldwin's character, his name is Jack Donaghy, which <laughs> it, the name's pronounced Donaghy pretty much everywhere else in the world. Yeah. So Andy Andy Benoit uh, was talking about the, the similarities between Petten and Capers, but the, <laughs> the thing was is he was using really broad and general terms and it made him look like an idiot when really what That's he meant... That's pretty usual is they both like 
man coverage with blitzing. That's essentially what he was saying. <laughs> it's like he, he takes the most like simple idea and does his best like like Andy thing to try and like twist it around and make it sound as complacent as possible. Yes. It's it's a dude, it's it's like that's nice. Like that's a that's a tough it's, that's a, it, tough it's, a it's a good brand. Uh, I think a lot of the guys over at Monday Morning QB kind of have that brand of of being tasters now when they used to be a legitimate football outlet. They're, wow, that was I just I threw a haymaker there, didn't I? Yeah, you kind of just was that necessary? I don't know. I'm just saying. I think the M- the way MMQB has been handling the Kaepernick situation kind of bothered me, where they were obviously playing one side of the fence instead of being indifferent, and then you got Benoit just spouting his shenanigans constantly. It their their brand has bothered me over the last couple of years. You know, like, what? He, like it, was it who's the other MMQB guy? What's his name? Albert Breer. Yeah, Breer wrote an article listing like 20 backups who are better than Colin Kaepernick and oh yeah yeah I think I like that. 10 of them were released within 20 minutes of him <laughs> like, like I, I'm pretty sure he said that like Brock Osweiler was better than Colin Kaepernick that was a very bad list yeah it was a it, bad it was, list. it was just outright lazy so uh, god we are the banter is invading into our serious uh, discussion. Moving on, let's talk about Khalil Mack. We can't. We can't. It's like every there. every week, every yeah. week this happens. <laughs> so the, the Bears in a bombshell trade gave up two first round picks to get Khalil Mack and a second round pick back because John Gruden is a boob. A boob, huh? A boob. I'm going. I'm a going boob? like. I'm going like fifties insults. John Gruden is an impatient boob. Well, most of his players were born in the 50s, so it's fitting. Did you know that <laughs> the, the Raiders are now officially the oldest by mean uh, roster in the league? Yeah. <laughs> pretty pretty damn impressive, huh? Mm-hmm. So it's like he just he wanted his roster to get older and worse in a hurry. And uh, actually, I was I can't remember who was saying it on Twitter, but they said that the reason that coaches make terrible GMs is because they're really short-sighted. And I think that, that that really shows itself in the Gruden trade. That, that Gruden and Reggie obviously had a disconnect in that trade. Oh, my God, a huge disconnect. If you listen to that press conference, like, they were on two completely different ends of the spectrum. Like, they were saying two completely different things. Yeah. Like, Reggie, like Reggie's Reggie McKenzie, like, John Gruden. Reggie's like, this this trade came out of nowhere. I can't freaking believe it. And Gruden's like, hoo <laughs> Spider 2Y banana, man. Spider 2Y banana. Oh, man. Um, I was talking to some Lions fans yesterday, and they were discussing who their third down back should be in a short yardage situation. Whether it should be Blount or Blount, 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 Blount that guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> whether it should, whether it should be him or their rookie, uh, Carrion Johnson. And I was like, "Hey, man, your quarterback was the most successful in the league using play action." Not to go full John Gruden on this, but maybe you should run like a fake dive to the right and look for your tight end in the flat. And they're like, "Yeah, you went full John Gruden on that, but that's the correct answer." Like, it does so, it does make sense. So Gruden's style of offense has its place, I think. Yeah, in in 1977, I think I think Gruden's style of offense is great in short yardage situations. But the problem is, is he's never going to gain eight yards at a time to be. <laughs> Yeah, he's ever he's ever gonna put his offense in a position to be in those short yardage situations. Exactly. And Derek Carr being Derek Carr, 
I just don't. I'm worried about the Raiders. But stop it. Damn it. Let's talk about Khalil Mack. <laughs> I was just about to say, weren't we talking about Khalil Mack? <laughs> Man, this is... There's so much football that's about to happen that my brain is just like, let's talk about everything. That That's what it is. The gears are turning. We're excited. You know what? We'll, we will be much I, more... I don't think... I'll we'll be much more laser focused next week because we like football will have happened. The seal will be broken. The can of worms. All yeah, the, we'll, all those other. Yeah, we'll have a game to talk about. We'll have a game coming up to talk about. So Khalil Mack, he's on pace to be a Hall of Famer if he continues to play the way he has. It's I, I think it's a lock. He's an All Pro at two different positions. So anyone who has ever spouted about um, fit scheme fit for someone who can play both outside linebacker at an all-pro level and defensive end at an all-pro level, the scheme fit people can shut their face. He's he's a monster, he's a potential Hall of Famer, and he's arguably the best edge defender in the league. And he's going to be on a pitch count Sunday night. Yeah, I've heard that. I heard that they, they expect him to play like 20 snaps on Sunday. Basically, like, if it's third and long, they're going to put Khalil and be like, go get him! Twenty snaps? Is that did you? Is that what you heard? That is that is a number that is floating around. People have talked about. Actually, um, oh. I think the the first person who put that bug in my head was was Big Cat on Barstool Radio uh, when Aaron Nagler was on the other day. Uh huh. They were and actually, I called in. I managed to be the first. Call. I know. I saw. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is your t- tell tell our listeners. You gotta you gotta get the message I, out there. Khalil Mack. Okay, okay. Okay. So so. For anyone who was a fan of Aaron Nagler throughout his time at Cheesehead TV and also as a Packers beat writer, anytime Aaron goes live on Facebook or YouTube or whatever, every single person asks, when's Raji coming back? Is Raji coming? Where's Raji? <laughs> like, it, it is, it's the Aaron Nagler meme, right? So literally, I want to say 30 seconds before their show goes live, I called into the Stooley number and managed to be the first person in line. And so I'm talking to the, the call screener, and he's like, hey, what's your name? What's your question? And I was like, hey, my name is Matub, and I want to ask Aaron Nagler if BJ Raji's ever coming back. And he goes, your name is what? <laughs> I went, uh, Matub, M-A-T-U-B. And he goes, what kind of name is that? And I was like, just write it down, Skippy. <laughs> is that how you said it? I, I said, just write it down. I didn't call him Skippy. I'm not Skippy. I'm not just going to call a random person that I Ugh. called him Skippy. Also, Disappointment. I'm, so um, I'm sitting there listening. And by the way, if, if you don't have XM radio, calling in to Barstool Radio is the best way to listen to the show because when you're on hold, they're just piping in the show. So there you go. Just <laughs> just stay on hold with Barstool Radio and you get to listen without having an XM subscription. <laughs> You just cracked the code for all of our listeners. So, so now everyone's going to do it, and now they're going to catch on. There you go. So they're um, <laughs> they're about to put me on, and Big Cat goes, Okay, the first question is from Matt Matub, Mat- Mat- and Nagler goes, Matub! Oh my god, is that you? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, Aaron Nagler, you're on Barstool. He goes, I know, how are you doing? I was like, I'm great. And he's like, what's your question? So I go, well, I mean... We can't have Aaron Nagler live talking to the people without someone asking, when is BJ Raja coming back? And according to Aaron, like the look on Big Cat's face of incredulity was palpable. (laughs) So so I managed to make uh, a barstool guy roll his eyes so hard he probably strained. I wish there was a clip of that. Yeah, I I do too. I checked their their Twitter. It wasn't there. But... um, we will always have Aaron talking about it on Twitter, I suppose. So, oh, man, moving on. Khalil Mack, holy crap. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Back to Khalil Mack. So, you know, the, Khalil, the guy who's playing in the game that's tomorrow night. Right, when, or tonight, technically, for people listening to this. Oh, you're, you're right. So, you're right. Khalil Mack, when playing with the Raiders in 2015, mostly lined up against Brian Balaga, who kept him contained. He had one sack in that game. Yeah, he went up against uh, Bulaga and David Bakhtiari, and as a result, David Bakhtiari and Brian Bulaga are now his father. Like they they sunned Khalil Mack in that game. He he was pretty much limited that entire game. I think the one ha- sack he had was when Rogers rolled out of the pocket. Yes, I, I it was either a rollout or a covered sack, but I know it wasn't like a pure like it I, wasn't pure domination. You yeah, know? it wasn't an IB. T- so with us seeing what is probably going to be the only healthy game out of Brian Bulaga this year. <laughs> oh, come on. I know. I'm come just, on, man. Brian Balaga is 185 years old, and he has 12 knee surgeries. And <laughs> But, hey, tell you what. It, it, I, I really, 100, it's 185 years old, but it feels like he's been in the league for like five years. I know. So uh, <laughs> one thing that I always like to note about Brian Balaga, especially because it's a primetime game, they're going to do the introductions with the, the talking player heads. And Brian Balaga has the best intro, and he doesn't even know it. He goes, Brian Balaga, Iowa, <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's just it's it, it's hilarious the way he's he's Iowa. Someone yeah. needs to get him something so aggressive mm-hmm. in the naming. <laughs> oh God! So, um, but yeah, so I think I, I think um, the tackle pair of Balaga and Bakhtiari will manage to contain Khalil Mack while on his pitch count. However, the thing that people aren't talking about is Leonard Floyd. Uh, Leonard- I actually, I, I did bring him up, actually, on another podcast during the week. He, he's a guy that's kind of being... Well, he's playing with a um, a, um, a club on his hand. Which, if if he's anything like Nick Perry, he's going to be better. That is also exactly what I said. <laughs> well, Nick Perry... Nick, yeah, look at us. Just mind connection here. Great Nick Perry kicks it into, like... Yeah, he kicks into, like, another gear when he has a club on his hand for some reason. I don't know why. So the- but, uh, it, it helps. Oh, sorry, go. I was going to say, like like, this is... In the past, um, Floyd has given fits to our tackles, so I think that he's actually going to be the one to watch as opposed to Khalil Mack. Oh, I, w- I was just going to say you suck. You, you're going to say he sucks? No, you. Oh, I suck. <laughs> I, I, I suck out loud. Okay, fair enough. Um, well, see, yeah, most of the tension, I think, like you said, is being placed on Khalil Mack, and obviously for good reason, but it's, like, wrongfully placed there because, I mean, there's, like, these unreal expectations on, on this player. He just got to Chicago last week. He has to learn this entire new defense and get into game shape. Like, there's a difference between being in football shape and game shape. Like, a huge difference. And, okay. I, you know, I, I don't think he's in game shape just yet. You know, I'm sure I'm sure at some point during the season he'll be able to disrupt, completely change the course of a game like how he's done over the course of his career in Oakland. Okay. So he'll be, he'll be good to go by that Week 15 game in Green Bay. But, you know... A lot of the attention is kind of being taken away from guys like Akeem Hicks, Leonard Floyd, uh, Eddie Goldman, who just got that huge extension. You know, the Bears defense—it's the Bears defense—is really good, and I've been saying that for like a few years now. But you know, Packer fans just want to kind of gloss over that because Aaron Rodgers has dominated the Bears over his entire career, which I mean, I get, I understand. So Aaron Rodgers has actually thrown for forty touchdowns against the Bears. Forty-two. Forty-two touchdowns. Sorry. But yeah, but that's the that's only a, team that he's a, broken forty against. That's a good. That's a good. But I mean, it's it's we're not playing against like the Jay Cutler Bears that are going to turn the ball over a whole bunch. We're playing against the Trubisky Bears that are going to run it a million times. And to be fair, we don't know what we have in Mitchell Trubisky yet. He also, could be Cutler V two. 
He could be, but he he could also be Jimmy Garoppolo. Which yeah. I think I think that's his ceiling. I think I think Jimmy Garoppolo is Trubisky's ceiling, in my opinion. So to wrap things up, um, I think we should talk about the money line because in I think that Vegas always knows. Ooh, okay. And so as of right now, um, so the the line opened with Green Bay as the eight point favorite, and it's currently at seven. Um, the best Green Bay spread is actually seven and a half. So um, basically, if the Packers win by eight points, they beat the spread. And the over-under is 47, so if the combined score of both teams is under 47, then that's the under. If it's over 47, it's the over. Um, Odd Shark has the predicted score as Packers 24, uh, Bears 18, which means Green Bay wins, Chicago covers, and the score is under. That's their prediction. Mm-hmm. I think that's a fair prediction, um, but I think it's actually going to be 21-14. I think it's going to be three touchdowns to two touchdowns. So I, I think that, that the Bears cover, Green Bay wins, it goes under, but I think the score is even lower than they think. I think there's going to be, well, okay, I'm going to be that guy here uh, and stick to my guns. During the week, I predicted a 35-13 to 13 final score. Wow. Yeah, that's what everyone else said. <laughs> uh, I just think the Packers come out swinging because they've been practicing number one offense against number one defense like throughout a majority of camp. So they're like, they're ready to go. You know, Aaron Rodgers is ready to go. He showed that in the in the five throws he made in the preseason, you know? So I don't think we're going to get like a, like an Eagles-Falcons game that we had Thursday night. I, I'm, you know, crossing my fingers, but because um, that was bad. Was, oh, my God. I, really I only bad. watched for an hour, and I want my hour back. <laughs> <laughs> so Yeah, it was uh, horrible. Last thing, the Packers injury report as of right now, James Crawford is listed as a question mark. Oren Burks is listed as a question mark. Aaron Jones is suspended. Josh Jones is downgraded to out. Kentrell Bryce is upgraded to probable. Uh, David Bakhtiari is probable, and Brian Balaga is probable. So it looks like the Packers will essentially be at full strength without rookie Oren Burks and um, second-year safety Josh Jones. Yeah, I don't think there's any plausible way I see Oren Burks playing. I mean, they, they already said that he's going to miss game one, so I'm not right. trying not to be fooled by the injury report. They're not going to throw their third-round pick and someone that's supposed to be an intricate part of their defense you know, out there with a newly healed shoulder. Still in a harness, which he practiced. Yeah, he practiced with a harness the other day. Right, so. and, and it sucks because Oren Burks is the athlete that they need to go against someone like Tariq Cohen. Yeah. Oh my God. This is this this is the matchup like you want him for. Yes. You know, so Tariq Cohen is going to give them fits. He'll be there next week, hopefully, for hopefully. Dalvin Cook. But <laughs> hopefully. Uh, but yeah. So so that's where I'm at. And I I said on Twitter today that if the Packers cover the point spread. I will produce a video of me dancing to a trap remix of Dirt Off Your Shoulder. Oh, no. So that's my bet. And actually, our recording has run long. You, as of right now, need to prepare for your match against Andy in Madden. This is true. That is 24 minutes away. Yes. Uh, I, it's not like, I don't know why I'm saying that, because, I mean, this is going to be listened to in Sunday morning. You know, it's it'll so be over by then. Andy will already be the loser by then. Oh, <laughs> Well, guys, that should do it for us. Zach thinks he's going to beat the crap out of Andy, and I think that the Packers aren't going to cover the spread. He actually just DM'd me, asked me if I'm available to test things out. So <laughs> let's right, guys, go. Well, that'll do it for us. Uh, I'm Matt, but you can call me Matub, and you can find me on Twitter at callmematub. I write for Acme Packing Company, and sometimes I make videos for Pack to the Future. And I am Zachary Jacobson. You can find me at Cheesehead TV, or you can listen to me here on the Pack a Day podcast. Find me on Twitter at Zach A. Jacobson. That's Z A C H, not Z A C K, or Z E D, as Starbucks likes to call it. <laughs> and there you have it. 
And make sure you follow the Packaday Podcast on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. Where else am I missing? Uh, you got iTunes, you got Google Play, Stitcher, Stitcher. Uh, we post the articles on Cheesehead TV as well as the Packaday <laughs> Twitter account. Pretty sure that's everything. Just Google Packaday Podcast and you'll find a way to listen to us in your ear holes. We're everywhere. <laughs> All right, Always guys. watching. That'll do it for us. Go Packers and f*** the Bears. Oh. Well, that's that's how they sign off the Man Talk Minute. Right? I, no, that's good. I like or, that. Yeah, okay. End it on a fiery note. I like that. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a good one. Shotgun formation of third and 15 to the 46-yard line of Dallas. They empty the shotgun. Cobb in motion to the left side. Rodgers looks it over against the snap. Backpedals now under some pressure. Steps up, throws it over the middle. Good Adams! 30! Turns up field. 25! Cutting right to the 20!